0: Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Fitness Unfiltered. Um, We are delighted today to have a very, very special guest with us, Mr. Andrew Tracy of The Andrew Tracy from Instagram. Hello, Andrew.
1: Hello. How is everyone?
0: I am fine. How are you, Dan and Emma, our co-presenters? Dan, you go
2: first.
3: Yeah, we say fine to get past this bit because actually I'll ask Andrew later, but I want to ask his opinion on the tank. we can talk about that later.
2: The tank. The tank. I'm going to say fine because I have a really long, boring story about why I'm not fine. But it's not that interesting. So we can brush past that.
1: Are you you sure? Because uh, give us like cliff notes so we can kind of understand.
2: Okay, I'm going to do a bullet point summary. Yes. Uh, had a very bad migraine on the weekend, which culminated in me getting injected into my ass with anti-sickness and painkillers and i've just not felt the same since but that's not the worst part of it the worst part is that prior to migraine i had a coffee and that was the last thing i had and then i was violently sick for like a whole day so now even thinking about coffee makes me feel sick and coffee used to be my favorite thing
3: disclaimer mike did
0: not administer the injection i did not it's
2: only but i it was can a little indian lady
0: <laughs> i tell you what i can administer i can administer some positive motivation um exactly the same thing happened to me with a big mac one time um and i was able to get back on that horse ultimately so don't worry you'll be back oh, with coffee soon
1: thank god like, in this scenario is the big mac the coffee or what got injected in? <laughs>
0: <laughs> if there was a way to mainline big macs i would be up for that but i don't think there is and actually i am i'm being medically inaccurate as well because that would be an intramuscular injection into your bottom and i'm talking about mainlining which is iv so i apologize to any medical people listening but um
1: Creative liberties that,
0: that, yeah that's fine. yeah no yeah. the big mac was definitely the coffee in the scenario how
2: embarrassing that mistake would have been if we hadn't <laughs> brought that to light jeez I know it's
0: fortunate that we're so professional and feel the need to correct all our mistakes isn't it it is right back to maybe we should
2: talk about Andrew well
0: that's what I was going to say so um we are very fortunate because we I think have all been following Andrew on his um socials for quite a long time so we know lots about him but our listeners might not all know lots about him or they might we don't know so for the purposes of that um i'm going to ask andrew to introduce himself to our listeners and tell us tell us who you are
1: okay just stop me if i go on for too long we will Uh, well emma will
2: and you're done (laughs) (laughs)
1: um what would you like to know what do you think your listeners would like to know oh what's pertinent
0: okay so first of all your name is andrew tracy we know that Um, tell us what your ethos is uh
1: my ethos um so do you mean like my philosophy
0: yeah tell us what your philosophy is describe your philosophy
1: okay so i have a thing a thing i'm not i think it's a philosophy it might be a concept i'm not entirely sure uh but that is you are not your gym membership And essentially, the driving force behind that is that your fitness doesn't need to exist solely um, through the lens of what you do in the gym or kind of fitness, uh, fitness incorporated. um, And that you can ultimately take ownership of your fitness by learning how to train and or even just exercise, even if it's not train because i think there's a differentiation between two uh wherever you are um without necessarily having to the way i kind of articulate it is we sublet or we let our fitness out to the gym or to fitness facilities and then eventually that can become a fairly sort of self-limiting factor uh a really quick equation i kind of do with people is if you summarize your your fitness as training and your training is four nights per week at you know pure gym Megan if something happens life happens and you can't make it to the gym I put my hands down because they've been really annoying you can't make it to the gym uh, one of those nights you've essentially lost 25% of your of your fitness if you're looking at it through that that lens which I think most people do and I think Probably for the majority of people or for a vast majority of people, that's absolutely fine to do that because it it works. It works within the concepts of their lifestyle. And for those people, like excellent. I'm uh, envious of those people sometimes. But I would also say you can learn a lot from having a period where you don't uh, like sublet your fitness to the gym like that. And the, the things you learn in that period become absolutely invaluable resources that you may need down the line.
0: Yeah. Excellent. So it's a bit like saying you want people to... I, I've just thought of an analogy. Do you mind if I use it? Perfect. So it's a bit like telling somebody who doesn't know how to cook, who lives on ready meals, that like if the supermarket is closed and they can't buy the ready meals, they can still actually cook their own food at home rather than relying so heavily on the skills of other people or the infrastructure that is in place that that has a closing time and all of that kind of stuff so actually they can be the ones in charge of it rather than than another another business
1: yeah, yeah. so i say, cause ultimately you are then at the bay of <coughs> establishment or the you know the uh, provider mm-hmm. of that whatever that commodity is like to say be it food and it, it's not to say you can't go to the supermarket or you can't get takeaways anymore. It's just in the event of here are the tools, here are the resources so that you don't suffer, I suppose would be the word.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, most people's excuse for not exercising and not keeping fit tends to be that they don't have time to go to the gym um, or they've got busy lifestyles or they work they work away or they travel. Um, so this, this seems like you know a massive you know could be like something that's that's pretty massive to a lot of people and and tell us about why why did you come up with that what in your life led you to believe that that would be a good way forward I know the answer to this because I know what you do for a living but um other people may not
1: so just to uh back it up a little bit further than that uh just to give some context so I was a I was a PT for a number of years I was Ostensibly, it was kind of my first job. Was working. Uh, I went straight into fitness from school, even though I, it was never my thing. Like I was not a, I was not a fitness person. I come from like like a council estate based town, and I was rubbish at football. So then you've got no other options. And I wasn't posh enough to play rugby, uh and too small. So that was it. Like no sports for me. Like trampolining when you do that. <laughs> I did enjoy that um, and kind of got entirely by accident into fitness and long long story but became qualified as a personal trainer and just just fell in love with fell in love with the industry I think because I was so fresh out of school this idea of oh I can actually pick the thing I want to learn about now but I was still engaged in learning in some way but I was like this is fantastic and I can do it on my own terms and I can uh, like you know, look into things that I'm biased towards, which now I look back on, I'm like, well, that's not the best way to approach things. But uh, yeah, became a, a PT, um, went to work in, in a city in London, and it really kind of drained my drained my passion for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At the time, I thought I, I thought it was long days, etc., that sort of thing. But I don't think that's what it was. I think it was being in a kind of corporate environment and uh ha- where did not. you
2: work in london
1: uh in virgin active in moorgate and a couple of fitness firsts after that and um i really really like right before i sort of bugged out which i'll get into in a minute i really wanted to um my dream kind of gyms workout was a third space mm-hmm. which is uh it's a it's a nice thing to talk about now because i kind of um the other day, I was asked by Luke Baden, who's a fantastic trainer there, to like, look over some programming for an event. And um, you know you kind of have that thing where you, uh, this is really terrible, I'm going to use a line from a song, but you, you were wishing for some things and now you're used to them. And you kind of, things happen sequentially, don't they? And you kind of don't see the forest for the trees sometimes. And I was like, wow, this is actually like a huge moment for me. To have someone who is like a head coach there, like consult me on something. When mm-hmm. I want to say ten years ago, but it's, yeah, ten years ago, I would have like given my left arm for a job mm-hmm. there. So it's just weird how things happen, isn't it? Like you yeah, have to, you have to leave in order to come back type thing. But um, you've yeah. made it,
2: and now you're on the sun filtered <laughs> podcast. Like,
1: how
3: are you containing you yourself
2: at this strength point? Just yeah.
3: Way. Um, I, I was just going to interrupt there and just say like that, that I guess that's what I kind of I, I like about your content, uh, Andrew, is that it is very reflective, which is kind of reflective practices, I think, neglected sometimes. We, we kind of need to appreciate where we were and where we now are to look back and appreciate what we've become.
2: Yeah. Dan is so smart.
0: <laughs> I've just done a tutorial on reflective practice with trainee GPs and I did a PowerPoint presentation and everything and talked about the evidence behind it. So, All right, Mike, saying. you're
2: smart as well. <laughs> Thanks, Emma.
0: It's nice to be recognized sometimes.
3: <laughs> no, but I, I mean, it's in, in terms of what you write is your content is what I read is the written word before I look at the picture there seems to be uh, and the way i describe it to the other guys is there's some sort of i guess like stoic values attached to that
1: yeah yeah definitely i mean i'm it's like way beyond my remit to uh like just to discuss that kind of thing but it's definitely something i'm an enthusiastic amateur in you know those uh those kind of philosophical endeavors um but yeah the idea I guess there is a lot of kind of uh, like you said, reflective practice and pondering and kind of a lot of thought and reflection goes into my Instagram captions.
0: But I think that the, one of the main, the main drivers behind it and one of the things that makes it so relatable, I think that personally, what I've always struggled with is, um, is kind of making, making, stuff that happens in the fitness industry applicable to my life. So I kind of scroll through Instagram and, you know, I follow a lot of people in fitness and I want to be motivated by them and I want to learn from them I and mean, I want to understand what they do. But sometimes it's difficult to apply the kinds of things that they're saying to the constraints that I see within my life. And I think that that's what kind of makes your stuff so relatable is that you you can't argue, you know, like a lot of times I'll see something and, I'll you know, someone will put you know, they'll put, you know, pictures of themselves or workouts that they've done. And i just think, well, you know, I, I can't be expected to do that kind of stuff because I have to work 10 hours a day um, and I can't be able, you know, I can't be expected to prep food in that way because I work 10 hours a day and all of that kind of stuff. But actually, because of the stuff that you're posting is in the context of doing quite a heavy job with quite long hours and quite a lot of travel um, and often under quite, I would say, restrictive circumstances in terms of, you know, the weather and stuff. It's like, that's kind of what I find, I find motivational is that the people who are doing all of these things that they're saying that they they do, despite actually having, you know, you're not, and, and no disrespect to people who like are like living with their mums and working online, but if someone's got the luxury of not having to do their own grocery shopping and all of those sorts of things, it's very is very you know when people say oh you just don't want it hard enough if you're not <laughs> sorry you just don't want it bad enough if you're not achieving what you want to achieve then it's kind of less I'm like well no you just live with your mum so actually it's it is it is genuinely easier for you to to achieve this whereas I you know it is slightly different when you're doing it in the context of other stuff shall we say
1: yeah yeah, definitely. I can, I can totally uh, understand that. And I, I, it's a conversation I have with people a lot where it can seem like some content you might see seems almost like disingenuous. But I think just let that wash over you. Like it's kind of, you can really get into a crippling mindset with that, I think. And it was where yeah. I was at, from the back end of it, it was where I was at when I kind of started training again. And something that I just came to the conclusion. One day, and I was just thought to myself like other people's advantages are not my disadvantages
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and you I guess you kind of get that uh, jealousy by proximity where yeah. you can see someone who's in a um, a similar situation so there there's common themes like you know for you there is that you you work out and the person you're looking at works out
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so you you've got that relatability which then causes that well okay let's have a look at what what that what they got that i haven't got um and then you end up with oh you know they've got more time they live with their mom all that kind of stuff but i think a really good exercise to do is look and think from the other extreme end of the spectrum which is like look there's people with much less than me with far more disadvantages, and. Um, they're getting exactly what I want, or they are achieving the things I want to achieve. They're doing the things that I want to do. And the only difference between them and me right now is that they're just actively doing it. And I'm on Instagram looking at people who are more advantaged than me. Exactly. Not doing it. And I don't mean, I don't mean that to come across as like condescending to anybody mm-hmm. at all. I don't mean that because because then it can begin to become that same message of like well you just don't want it bad enough to get off instagram which isn't the case because i get it that's a, like a societal thing isn't it mm-hmm. but it's like a real kind of slippery slope
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah and as cheesy as it is like so much of life comes to mindset and how you react to the circumstance that you have oh. and we see this all the time in health and fitness like people that There will always be excuses if you look for them, mm-hmm. but similarly, there will always be solutions if mm-hmm. you want to find them as well. And the typical ones that, you know, aren't obvious lifestyle things like living with your mom or having a free gym membership or blah, blah, blah. Like people always put barriers up like genetics. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? Yeah, it it might be harder for you or maybe you've got some, you know, some kind of problem where... I don't know, like a lot of my clients maybe have uh, digestive issues, mm-hmm. maybe a lot, but some of them do. So, does that limit their diet? Yes. Does it mean it's harder sometimes for them? Yes. Does it mean it's impossible? Absolutely not. And the same with genetics, like yes, some people are predisposed to finding dieting harder. Mm-hmm. They will be hungrier on a diet. Will that make dieting harder for them? Yes. Does it mean that the exactly the same rules don't apply to them? No. Like you will still lose weight in an energy deficit, end of. It might be harder for you to maintain that energy deficit and you might need some more support, but that doesn't mean that the same rules don't apply. And I guess it's the sort, It's the same, that like you can always look for these excuses or you can say, okay, do you know what? Yeah, it is going to be a bit harder for me, but I can still do this. Mm-hmm.
3: It's a culture we've created as well, isn't it? It's you know, that, that comparative nature of social media I think is perception's a wonderful thing and often you you know, we all know that what people put out there isn't necessarily the best life they're living. It's you know, sometimes I think sometimes you could look into some people's content and almost Gauge where they are at their life. If that's if that's to do with certain insecurities, or you know they feel the need to post overpost certain things, big public displays of affection, things like that. I mean, it, it's impossible not to be judgmental from what people put out on social media, and then compare your circumstances to theirs. But I think on the other end of the spectrum as well, it's, it's you look at people that have possibly every opportunity to be healthful, to take care of themselves. They are relatively time free. Um, they're financially free and they choose not to take those options at the same you know at the same time as well and uh, possibly end up with help, the, the latter health implications as, as a result
1: yeah, definitely. and I think going back to kind of what, what you said earlier about the kind of the, like historic approach to things one of the major things that was a, a kind of a key um, not a change, but mo- like moving on. It's definitely something that I think about a lot. Is that it's just to take control of the things you can take control of, um, because there's, you know, you're not getting anywhere concerning yourself with the factors that are outside of your control, uh, and you know, progress stalls for for every second you spend kind of flapping over things that you're not going to change or you're not going to affect. Um, that's time not spent, kind of pushing the needle forward.
3: Mm. Yeah, totally.
1: Especially with things like genetics, and uh, it, it, even more so than uh, genetics, like there's there's so many factors. Like you, you know, your your history, your culture, um, your upbringing, your you know, societal stuff. There are so many factors that are going to impact your ability to do whatever it is you want to do, even outside of um, you know, health and fitness. But it's kind of like identifying them and picking out the ones you can control and shaping the path within that. And then I guess, in a kind of like a meta sense, in a larger sense, that is kind of how I see uh, you are not your gym membership. Ultimately, it's just taking ownership and controlling the things you can control
0: mm.
1: and mitigating or ignoring, in some cases, the things you can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one thing uh,
2: I love that sorry one thing I love that you post about a few times is habits and I think that's so important but you've sort of almost put it in a more I guess like a, a more more of a habit than a normal habit in that you're not then relying on the things around you so you're sort of saying even when you're traveling even when life throws you curve balls maybe you can't get to the gym maybe you can't do that but this sort of the deep down habits that are ingrained would stay the same anyway like you will still be active you will Mm -hmm. still feel yourself you will still look after your body those are things that are like ingrained into you and are part of you so you would still do them even if there are certain sort of location barriers or life barriers that pop up along the way. And that's how you get long-term results. And that's how successful people become successful.
1: Yeah. because like, I guess kind of the, the final part of like nailing a habit is that identity change. And it's when you go from, Oh, I go to the gym to I'm the type of person who works out.
0: Mm.
1: and it, I don't know. That doesn't have to mean it's your identity as such. Um, it just means that is such a part of your life that it's now part of your identity it's gone beyond, it's moved beyond the habit into uh, you know a place where even if you don't do it today, even if you don't do it tomorrow, it's still something you do and it's not something you give a second thought to and it's not something that requires any sort of external um, motivation or enthusiasm sorry, just I like to separate the words motivation and enthusiasm because it's just, yeah, it's just part of you. And I obviously some of the stuff I do is very specific and I do talk a lot about being specific, having a plan, being specific with that plan. But yeah, even if I didn't have that, even if I didn't have that, uh, you know, the, the kind of mind for the the experience in programming, that sort of thing, whereby I know what I'm going to be doing. I know specifically what I'm going to be doing, and I can figure it out in the context of what I have available to me in terms of equipment or no equipment. Even if I didn't have that, I would still do something.
0: Hmm. I'd
1: still do yes yeah. from any sort of like oh you know I'd go still crazy if I didn't train or anything like that. It's just because it it's just a part of um, it's just a part of my identity, and when you have things like that they spread roots, that's how I kind of think about it. They they take root, and they they spread, not in an intrusive way, but into all aspects of your life. And that's, for me, kind of, people who are successful, particularly in health and fitness, they have that. And there's this weird kind of concept that is like prevalent on social media, that, oh, you know, this isn't, um, oh, I'm not all about health and fitness, this is me on X day, and this is me doing this, and you're like, yeah, but you're still you, man. Like,
3: Yeah, hashtag balance.
1: You don't need to, um, you know, I find it odd that you need to kind of compare and contrast the two. Like, you should be a multifaceted human being, of course you should.
0: Yeah, you can um, do lots of different things, you don't have to just do one thing. Mm-hmm. But so, what would you say, I mean, like, let's let's kind of compare and contrast in a sort of case study kind of way standard behavior for humans is to perhaps you know be interested in fitness be interested in training but lose sight of that because you're busy what do you think it is about you like why why what's your why 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 was it so important to you to maintain this rather than to go do you know what it's acceptable for me to to relax a little bit I'm not um you know I'm I'm busy
1: yeah uh I think quantifying busy, really, I think busy is such a weird, like, self-fulfilling prophecy. And I, I particularly think, because we, we all live our lives, and we're so interconnected, and we live our lives at, like, a thousand miles an hour, and everyone is busy.
0: Busy. Like, everyone busy. thinks they're busy. Yeah. and there's the there's no, thing, like, isn't it?
1: This is not criticism of anyone, but it's almost as though people feel like there is a measure of um, obligation to mm-hmm. be busy. Which is so odd to me. Yeah, it's so, like I don't feel like I am. I have like a full schedule, very, very full schedule, uh, but I don't feel in any way bad. So perhaps it is a result of that I'm comfortable with the amount I do. But if someone says to me, "Oh, what have you been up to?" I don't feel bad saying, "You know what? Not a lot today." But mm. like, even if I had, you know, I've been fairly productive. But at this, I feel like this, we have a, it's not an addiction, but like this socially conditioned thing where what you've been able to say, I've oh, just been so busy.
0: Yeah, we have to justify it, don't we?
1: Believe it. Eventually you, but if you say that enough, eventually you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, I'd love to work out, but I'm just so busy. Yeah. Because you can't.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's funny that you're always too busy for the things you don't want to make time for. Yeah, and the, the, I think a lot of uh, mate like to go back to question. Like,
1: I heard something really um, kind of kind of semi-profound, which is like, if you want something done, ask a busy person to do it. Yeah,
0: I love because, that saying.
1: Yeah, so if you get so good at time management. Yeah, the, the kind of that actually genuinely busy you become. And by that I mean like, I look at I look at my diary and like look, I'm at the house at half past four this morning. It's very unlikely I will be home before nine o'clock tonight. Um you there will then become things you must do. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely imperative you do these things. There will be big consequences. And then your time management just gets so much better. Mm-hmm. Because people if they're not like massively like busy in the true sense of the word they will have time to fit in those things that are imperative and those are the things that make them feel busy but then you end up kind of in this weird like frenetic you're doing this and you're doing that and the the busier you become the better you have to become at time management yeah and sometimes sometimes for i I know particularly for myself there there are often times where I, i don't think that i'm at all relatable and i don't expect um, like I'm not trying to be an example if I'm like for instance just to give a really easy example I trained for like the range trials which was like a crossfit competition um, last year mm-hmm. June, and I was like to fit all of this in all of this training in these you know I'm going to have to do three sessions a day they're going to have to be at work um, and it, it's literally just going to be a case of what, what can I give up what can I not do? What can I eliminate? Um, and then you realise, like, well, actually, you know what? I'm eliminating. This is a this is a, a, the morning coffee break at ten o'clock, where all the lads sit down and have a sandwich or whatever. Okay? So I don't I don't generally eat, generally eat till lunchtime anyway. So what am I doing? Like I'm sitting in I'm sitting in the van, and like I probably have earned a sit down but and that is how people would justify it to themselves mm-hmm. like well earned it's such a huge phrase isn't it there's a lot of people who seem to be doing well-earned everything every weekend <laughs> um, but realistically th- this is the thing i want to do this is the thing i want to achieve so i have to do it now
3: yeah
1: it's a very like did or didn't scenario you have, th- that's what i think so great about managing your time well and planning and having a plan
0: mm-hmm.
1: because then it's like you either did it or you didn't and when you put um when you're specific with your intentions so instead of get fit like get fit such a loose kind of thing when it's like look i'm going to go for a jog at lunchtime today you either did it or you didn't
0: yeah, like,
2: yeah. there's smart goals in it objective
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, Well,
3: the way you describe time management is almost like training itself is you you, you adapt to the stimulus you you place upon you the more stress you place upon yourself the the better you adapt to it Mm -hmm. and I I truly think it's exactly that
1: yeah and training is like there are so many metaphors and parallels you can find in training for life Uh, and I think that is why you you'll see a lot of people who work out Lean towards being pretty successful, like or pretty um, goal orientated, and vice versa. Like you'll see successful people, and then you'll realise that they actually work out really hard. Maybe maybe they're not into fitness, like in the sense that we are. So you don't really realise that it's a part of their life. But when you know when you delve a little bit deeper, when you hear these people talk. They they train. Mm-hmm. They resistance train because I think there are so many, it teaches you so many lessons um, in terms of you have to do the thing to get the thing. And so much in life comes down to that. So much in life is just about working backwards from the thing you want and establishing the steps uh, that need to be taken in order to get there. Yeah. When, you're, when you do that, when you're not just vague, when you're not just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to get fit. Oh, I'm going to start my health kick. It's fantastic. Like, I'm not taking anything away from that at all. Uh, and it is, it's is—it's just something that's prevalent. It's just something that everybody does and everybody says. Um, but when you <laughs> break this stuff down to go back to them, when you break it down to those points you can control, it really does boil down to, I think, it's Henry Rollins that said, you either do it or you don't. It's amazing how many things in life are that simple.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I don't mean that, again, I don't mean that in the real, like, motivational meaning. Like, at the end of the day, it comes comes down to how badly you want it because I, I think that's bullshit. Like, no, it comes down to, like, your social condition. It comes down to your education. It comes down to your the people around you. Uh, and it. For, I find it. it's kind of really weird when you have someone who's like mega into training Their life is built around it. They they work, you know, they work in fitness And I don't mean that's not an instant um, setup for success in training as we all know Sometimes the opposite but you know if one of these people who is like it's all about discipline It's all about motivation. You just got to want it bad enough and I often wonder like I wonder how well this person would actually do if you reshaped their life um, into that of one of their clients. Like, do they actually have empathy, or do they?
0: Mm.
1: You know, are they just uh, are they just shouting the word discipline
0: over and over again? I I feel like sometimes what what's difficult for people is is. Um, if you're really interested in something and if you're really motivated and you're really passionate and driven about something, it's quite difficult to sort of come to terms with the idea that other people aren't. And I think that you try to develop explanations for that that make you feel better about things like, oh, it's just because they don't want it bad enough. It's I, I can't I can't kind of get my head around it otherwise. Or it's it's like when um you know when people are unwell or when they're unhealthy generally that people are like oh well that you know they must have they must have been drinking too much they must have been doing this because then it makes it feel like it couldn't happen to you because because you're better you're more motivated you're more into it into it you're more passionate about it so I'm going to be fine but they're not going to be fine I can't help them I don't need to try.
1: Yeah yeah and like specifically with like fitness like I don't uh, is it? I'm, I'm going to say this in the harshest kind of way possible. I don't care if you want to train or not. Like, I don't care. I think it would be, I would be really happy if you did. And you came to me and said, um, look, I want to get into working out. What should I do? But I have no feelings. I'm completely net neutral on whether or not you work out. Like it's irrelevant to me. It really is. If I can, uh, you know, unless I'm actually approached by somebody and asked,
0: mm-hmm.
1: let's have a conversation about fitness. I'm probably not even going to bring it up. Um, because I, I get it. I get that. It's not, it's really hard. Cause we sit in this little like monkey sphere and surround ourselves with people who are into this thing. And it's huge. Now, like fitness is compared to 14 years ago, mm-hmm. it's massive and it's everywhere. And it, you forget that people have never been to a gym and have no inclination to go to a gym whatsoever and that's fine that is absolutely fine like it it's not this,
2: um, sorry this reminds me of a quote that tom wright said and he put it it was like some i didn't even think I just think this was the context and he said that fitness is not who i am it's what i do and i really like that because so many people like kind of what you're touching on is like attach their full life and identity to like being a fitness person it's just something that you do it's part of your life yeah it's part of what you do but unless you're extremely boring it shouldn't be all you are
3: yeah i think it's like an expectation though is like as you said emma people don't think of it in terms of it's part of (laughs) it's almost like they need to they need that validation. It's all
2: or nothing.
3: Yeah, they need that validation from strangers to say, actually, this is my sole purpose. My sole purpose in life is fitness. Mm-hmm. I am the epitome of <laughs> fitness, and because they're they're constantly seeking that external valid- validation, they want that pat on the back. And whether that's truly how they feel or they that they feel that's the message they need to put across, it's it's, it's an interesting one. People are weird.
2: <laughs> Conclusion: People are weird. <laughs>
3: Present company included, by the way. Thanks. <laughs>
1: um, I think a lot all of this stuff that a lot of it boils down to like And we just this like desperate search to find that. We have this like caveman like primordial urge to find and associate with our tribe. And that's why you see the, these those extremes, because they're like, yeah, but this is my tribe, this is my thing, and it's why you've only got to, I could flick over my phone right now and go to the, uh, the comments on any person with a substantial following or any kind of page, and you'll just see people arguing like strangers from across the world, arguing, defending things that mm, probably haven't even been challenged, because people are so, not desperate, people are so inclined to uh, kind of create or join these tribes and that's when, I think that's kind of what sometimes forces pendulums to swing too far because people have to define themselves with these ideas and even within fitness it's like clear that same, like tribalism is prevalent uh, in like every corner of fitness you're either this or you're this
3: mm-hmm. yeah. there's and no grey area really. Well.
1: exactly and either end of those i guess there is a gray area which is what like normal rational people occupy (laughs) but normal normal, rational people aren't like all caps you know (laughs) um so those voices don't get heard so it's very easy then to think oh you know this community is super extreme Mm -hmm. this
0: community
1: is extreme like how many uh I bet there's there's tons of people who, you know, are keto. They just don't talk about it. Yeah.
2: Oh, I didn't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I I, kinda, I get what you're saying. Like, the people with the extreme views have the loudest voice. And I like, an example of this outside of fitness is when um, there was the Scottish Independent vote up here. And you would think that we were going to go independent. Yeah. Like, it was everywhere. Like, yes campaign everywhere. People would wear, like, yes T-shirts with flags on their cars, everything. you like, that's all you saw around. Because no one, like, there were a few no's, but no one would really put that on their stuff. largely because it might get egged or something. <laughs> but anyway, and it ended up we we voted no. And I think it's just because, actually, these sort of, like, middle ground people don't they don't shout about it like they still have those beliefs that actually I think we're better as Scotland or whatever but you don't hear them because they're not as extreme with their beliefs and even if the extreme people are are a minority it can sometimes look like they aren't because they're the ones shouting on social media and putting their views like out for everyone to see because they feel the need to speak about it
1: that's that exact same like tribalism in effect this idea of like I'm part of this thing I must defend it mm-hmm. I am a screaming shout out. and I think that's such a, it's a, just that topic that's such a huge thing in fitness in nutrition you know more so in nutrition than uh, other areas but in training where people can't just people can't just do a thing quietly can they they oh, have to be they have to delve deep and they have to become a part of it and it think I think it's natural I don't think it's sad I don't think I don't think like Jesus Christ these these like vegan losers I don't think that at all I think it's a natural um, like just part of being human and that but it is why uh, we can't often find common ground when a lot of the time finding that common ground would be so useful to everybody
0: But it's like, it also inhibits people's ability to learn and grow as well because they get very, very entrenched in the rhetoric of the tribe that they've become involved in so that they can't, like, if it gets challenged, they just, like you were saying, they blindly defend it rather than going, oh, actually, you might have a point there. Maybe I'll I'll try a different form of dieting or a different form of exercise or maybe I'll try CrossFit. Um, Yeah, it's okay. Um,
1: Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that and then you kinda of get this I and mean, it just to like be anecdotal, a few years ago when the kind of calorie counting was becoming much like more mainstream, I was like, Brilliant. Like measurable metric and everybody's gonna know about it and then we're gonna have this like like this is so perfect, this is brilliant. What a fantastic step forward and then like so the pendulum's coming down from this place of like orthorexia and like you know passing moral judgments on food and it's like excellent and we're here and you know everybody's got my fitness pal but there's this idea of oh just do it for a while and then you'll be able to eyeball it but it's a good idea to learn it then you just watch that pendulum just keep going and you're like oh no oh no
2: everyone must intuitively eat no one should use my fitness pal even that pendulum like
1: gets too extreme to the point where you like you're just trying to enjoy an apple and (laughs) bro you don't need to eat that you know you could be having some star mix and you're like (laughs) (laughs) if it fits your macros and you're like oh okay right
3: trends that come back around
1: <laughs>
2: yeah it's just
1: like oh why does it ha- why do people have to take it too far
0: do you know what and i did i cut out broccoli so that i could have soleros. i actually stopped what? having <laughs> i stopped having broccoli because if you have a portion of broccoli was 34 calories so if i had broccoli with lunch and dinner if i'd saved those calories i could have a solero instead you're just,
2: what's wrong with health and fitness i
0: know i was yeah. what's wrong
2: that's the thing is that you do,
0: you do you end up I think with everything, that's why it's so important to just try and maintain that sense of balance because, yeah, I I lost weight doing that and that's great and that was my ultimate goal. But at the same time, your goals aren't going to stay the same forever and actually longevity and health should always be your primary focus and actually what, what you end up doing is you kind of, when you get really extreme, you almost end up manipulating the rules of whatever you're being extreme at to try and further your own yeah, like desires.
1: Yeah. You get the kind of confirmation bias where you're like, you're just gonna see what you want to see.
0: Yeah,
1: like you don't want to then hear the. And again, back to this tribalism, you don't want to hear the guy going, "Yeah, that is great, but have you thought about vegetables <laughs> once in a while? What does it matter? Studies have concluded that when protein and fiber oh, okay. are the same, it doesn't. It doesn't make any difference on weight loss. Like, yeah, no, 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 I'm not talking
0: about weight loss. I'm just talking exactly. about you. Girdly.
2: everything else in life
0: yeah well that's the thing is that i think one of the biggest confusions that seems to have happened is like the difference between uh nutrition and weight loss and the fact that weight loss has become such a driving <laughs> goal for so <laughs> many people <coughs>
1: Almost. Uh, no, sorry yeah go on
3: no i was just going to say the comparison i think people get lost in the void of confusing ath- aesthetics and health mm, i mean definitely. you, you like low, low carbs and uh i think my my most extreme and we're talking about the pendulum swing first time i really tried to go low carbs i, was, I, I wasn't eating any veg because mm. like that, that's carbs and that that's the extreme extreme but it's when we use these these images of you know six packs and big old booties and everything else that's it's a it's confusing message for people you do kind of understand why they get mm-hmm. confused exactly. using men's health or you know whatever magazine that might be with single figure body fat to epitomise health but actually to get down there it's far from that
1: mm. yeah. I mean it, it, it kind of is the it's become like in particularly in our culture in our society Western society somehow and uh, we're probably all factors in it. Somehow, it's like aesthetics have become the gold standard of health. Like they're they're so conflated, and I think I think we had this discussion format where people will um, omit uh, f- not facts, but they'll they omit parts of the story mm-hmm. to f- the narrative. Absolutely. And you kind of you have this idea of. Um, you begin with for weight loss, but somewhere along the line that just gets omitted, like the idea that we're just talking about weight loss here, and we're not talking about general health, we're not talking about longevity, and we're not talking about um, performance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But as soon as you whip that weight loss part out of the sentence, it's suddenly really broad. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, I can't remember exactly what we said, but it's like that—that that idea of, uh, you know, for weight loss, um, a net calorie deficit is going to be the single biggest determiner of your weight loss. Yeah. So then you take weight loss away, and it's a net calorie deficit is going to be the biggest determiner of your weight loss and then you take, you strip it down further and further and further until the only word you're left with is calorie deficit is all that matters, or even mm. calories matters. And it, nobody's arguing <laughs> with science. Well, you know, people are, don't get me wrong, yeah. people are. Um, but like, you're not arguing with the science by going, eh, do you want to you know, have a banana or something? Like, you're not arguing <laughs> with the science of, uh, of thermodynamics. Mm. And uh, the, but we just get back into that tribalism again, where if someone says, oh, calories aren't all that matter. Someone goes, yeah, but they are. They actually are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you're like, yeah, okay, for weight loss.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing is people... Say again.
1: Even then, it doesn't mean that it's all that <coughs> it means It's the largest factor. But then how do you, you know, how you create that factor, those cofactors that go into that, can become more important mm. and when I, I was thinking today about you know the uh, the um uh like the infographic that's like how these diets work and then at the end it's just calorie deficit calorie deficit. Yeah. Calorie deficit. fantastic obviously true more <coughs> you rattle on that you, the more you you kind of rag on that idea that all these things just work by calorie deficit yeah but they do work
0: yeah exactly and yeah. It- and it's important Don't... to choose what works for you and in the context of your of your life and also the context of your longevity as well.
1: What I would hate to see, and what I do hate to see, and what, what kind of pains me, is that you, you line all those things up and you write that they only work because of calorie deficit. Cool. True. And then certain people, because, the, again, they need to conform and go into that tribe, will look at it and go, well, all those diets are shit, man. Yeah. the first thing that this infographic says was they only work by and one of those could be absolutely magical for you one of those might be the diet that you get on and you like fuck I can do this forever yeah like, exactly
2: mm-hmm.
1: but if you look yeah. at it in the, you know, in the context of that, that um, you know that infographic and like I say you could end up throwing the baby out of the bath water mm-hmm.
2: oh absolutely because it seems to insinuate that Because these all work via (laughs) calorie deficit that calorie counting is the only thing that makes sense to Mm. do, which is absolutely not true. And, you know, all of these have potential benefits and a lot of people don't want to, like, count calories. I don't want to count my calories. Like, would I rather just cut out, like, some carbs, maybe? Yeah. Are there benefits to low-carb diets? Yes. Like, potentially less hungry um, you know, there, there are benefits to loads of diets and maybe fasting works for you because you'll end up in a deficit without having to worry about being in a deficit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. People vastly uh, kind of underplay the importance of establishing what makes creating that deficit easy for you.
0: Exactly.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's that. Yeah. I was good because we, we no
1: cutting out, you know, there's no point cutting out you, uh, sugar, okay because it can fit your macros but for some people it cannot because Mm -hmm. it's super hyper palatable food and uh you know you don't want to end up like white goodman like standing there stuffing like a slice of pizza down his pants because he's like i'm just you're just gonna have this one slice fat boy (laughs) (laughs) that's how you manage your portion control and so there is there is always a context for saying certain things you probably might have to, like, remove. And, I like, so I'm quite i – I'm a very non person. Like, I will eat pretty much anything. I'm lucky. Am I, have I, I'm lucky in that I've, like, gone and trained in nutrition, so I have, a, like, a, a good handle on what I'm doing most of the time. But if you're not logging and you're not paying a lot of attention, things do – you know, you can forget whole meals. That's normal. It's normal for people to do that. Um, but there are times when I'll go like, "Look, I do want to pull it back in a little bit for this reason or that." I'm no longer going to eat sandwiches. The simple reason being that that's like a big food that, throughout the course of a week, I will just can't without even noticing, yeah. like in certain and stuff like that. So you have to identify your weaknesses.
3: Yeah. I really like your, your point actually because we've spoken amongst it, about it amongst ourselves before is it's it's all very well screaming calorie effing deficit in people's faces but actually helping them achieve that and understand the best way to do that for them mm-hmm. is the is the most important thing there. It's not that pe- a lot of people understand that calorie deficit especially when it comes to weight loss is the most integral thing there but it's they just don't know how to do it. it's not that they don't know that it doesn't work they know that works they know that's what's behind it they just don't know how to do it
1: they don't know know how to like maybe properly experiment with themselves to find the best way to do it which is why they end up on and off of various diets and then it really doesn't help them shaming them or making them feel bad for the fact that they like quote unquote fell for these diets and I didn't
2: Mm. fucking
1: fall for anything did they? like it was... (coughs) At you know, you know, perhaps a moment of like weakness or desperation that this thing's going to be fantastic for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't wrap, I, can't I think there's a place for everyone, there's a place for everyone's voice that's fantastic, but I can't wrap my head around the idea of um, you know, making someone feel bad for making an uneducated decision. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I couldn't take one of you to work with me. And like in good conscience, be like, can you just go and grab a bucket of flange pins? And then when you're like, oh, okay, huh? <laughs> okay, that's a bad example. Go grab a half moon pins,
0: um,
1: and be like, when you're like, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. Or you cut okay, better example. You come back with the wrong bucket, and I'm like, you're an idiot. How, <laughs> how could you not know that? I know that. I know that. You must be dumber than me. And I kind of get that sense from like that that area of approaching health and fitness i understand it i think there's a place for it i have no ill feelings mm. towards uh the people who who market themselves in that way but you you kind of get an underlying current not so much with the people producing the content but maybe with the people who are just patting them on the back this idea of we are so smart mm yeah, um, yeah. So we are so much smarter than the education we have. And you're like, well, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Well, how about have some empathy and, you know, have a look at it and say, yeah, objectively maybe you did make a bad choice there for you. Are there any areas of it that you did find easy or that worked for you? And explain it to them. And people don't need to know the nuts and bolts of it necessarily. Like, I don't... There's a lot of people that don't know how a combustion engine works. It doesn't mean they can't drive to the shops. But, uh, for uh, the benefit of the tape, um, Mike just put his hands up.
0: I did. I don't know how any engine works, to be honest. And I don't know how any machinery works. And I think that's that's part of the other, the other side of things, is it's important, I think... For the same reason that we do kind of stay in our lanes and that we do accept our strengths and our weaknesses and what we know about and what we don't know about. And I think what gets really frustrating is the people who think that they're really educated on subjects that they're not educated on at all. And they, they promote these practices and they promote ways of doing things that they don't really understand. And it's kind of like, you know, there are there are experts on things for a reason. And why do we have this thing where we want to get all our information and our education from places like Instagram. Why do we want to ask somebody who is you know, sometimes I watch Instagram lives with, you know, with with PTs and people people will ask questions like, Oh, I um, have you got any tips for shoulder pain? And I'll be like, Yeah, go and see someone who is yeah. an expert on shoulder pain Or, you know, somebody somebody messaged me the other day and said, um Asked me about a question about a a drug and whether they could use it with, um, I think with CBD oil or something like that. And I said, oh, no, with ashwagandha. And I was like, well, I'm not educated in the use of ashwagandha. So I can't really advise on on the use of ashwagandha. But why don't you go and speak to a pharmacist? And they said, oh, um, uh, do you know any pharmacists on Instagram? And I said, well, why do you want to find the pharmacist on Instagram? Why don't you go in a pharmacy and speak speak to someone who is being paid money to provide you with this information because they're educated and you can actually check their credentials and they're working in this business because they got those credentials. Um and you can get the information from them how you're meant to. Do
1: you think that a large part of that is that we're just socially conditioned to take our information for a screen? I know this is delving a bit deep, but yeah. like you watch the news. Um, you know, you for our generation you that is that was the media through which you consumed information, and then you go to school as yeah. well, and it's kind of people of authority. People stand up in front of you and they tell you what the truth is. Yeah, and it's a this is kind of going off a bit, but it it's very indicative of the kind of level of social conditioning. I don't mean it's like a tin foil hat like conspiracy sense of the word. I mean it in like the just human behaviour. When you have, what do you call someone on Instagram? What do you do? What do you click when you want to mm, their feed? Follow. You follow them, right? Who who do you follow?
0: Influencers. Jesus.
1: (laughs) You follow leaders.
0: Yeah.
1: You follow leaders. so And especially when... We I think specifically for our like age group, we're in this weird quasi time where suddenly we've gone from there was a huge disconnect between us and the media. That is what yeah. happened. To that big screen. So we like when you see a video and it's like shot in four K and it's really well edited, we like accept that as the, well. That's that's the BBC in the back of our head. Like yeah. this is true. This is like I need to say Trevor Nelson. I meant I didn't mean. <laughs> This is, Trevor, this is Trevor Nelson. That's like Trevor McDonald. That, like, this is the
0: I do have a huge amount of trust in Trevor Nelson. To be fair, sorry. Just I, saying.
1: I don't know who I trust more, Trevor Nelson or yeah. Trevor McDonald. I don't know, um but yeah, mate. Perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just a guy who like lifts weights and builds stuff. But perhaps that's a part of it.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, conditioned to accept yeah um, truths via that format, yeah. and maybe. That, that disarms point. us, and I think the, the danger is, though, that maybe, uh, I think I spoke about this the other day, that maybe the danger is that we'll push too far the other way, and then we don't believe anything we see. And I think that is very negative, because yeah. then that's when you get into that, like going all right back to being in the conversation, that's when you get into that mindset of, yeah, but this person's got all the time in the world. Yeah, but this person lives at home with their mum and dad. Yeah, but this, yeah, but that. Yeah you kind of create self-limiting beliefs based on the fact that you don't feel like you can believe what you're seeing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, think, be uh, best, just to a certain degree. Yeah. I think that's probably an appropriate point to, to wrap things up as much as I'd like to carry on talking. This is about to be the longest podcast we've ever recorded, which I've just realized. Um, it was my, it was my job. That's good stuff. There, it was my job to keep it to time. I failed as I usually do when it comes to time management. Um, but I just want to take this opportunity to say a huge thanks to Andrew Tracy for yeah, joining us so today. Much.
2: Thank you so um, much for coming awesome. on.
0: Enjoyed that. Thank you very and, much. And um, just before we wrap up, can we, can you tell us a little bit about um, where people can find you on social media, what they can look for, etc.? Uh, yeah.
1: So I am at the Andrew dot Tracy, T R A C E Y on Instagram. Um, I have a like a seldomly used website which I should probably use more instead of like writing the Iliad in my caption every morning um, which is you are not your gym dot com and there you probably find there all of the stuff we should have spoken about like in terms of like actual actionable helpful information for you and not just like my weird like semi-philosophical oh
2: we've enjoyed, no, it. enjoyed we've that.
0: enjoyed it very much and we think yeah, our listeners will have done as well equally weird. don't worry weirdness yeah exactly We're and, with weirdness. and guys listening if you have enjoyed today and you want to let us know some feedback please, or if you haven't enjoyed it and want to let us know some feedback please let us know tag us in your insta stories um, rate and review the podcast let us know what you're thinking let us know what you want to hear more of and uh we will catch you on the gram and other places thanks very much for listening goodbye. and goodbye bye, bye.